this king decides to cast away the law of the land that applies to all people, that includes himself, and decrees his own word as law. And then he decides the solution to famine is first step, get rid of all the old people. So this story is very ageist. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> so it's like, first, we're going to kill all the old people. Let's start there, and then I'll tell you the rest of my steps. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, here I have a question for you here. Do uh -huh, you uh -huh. think, do you think that Thanos as a character would have been... <laughs> Do you like would he have been received better if he was just snapping old dudes? <laughs> like, I'm already concerned with how well he was received as a character. <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Rotera, episode 126. I'm your host, Ryan, here with the other host, Ed. And remember, Ryan's the degenerate, not me. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're back. Woo! Uh, today, we're talking about Kale's story in the Fires of Justice. Uh, listen to our Kale episode so you can understand all the inside jokes. Yep. <laughs> this episode, obviously. <laughs> uh, we, we, we're going to talk about... Uh, revisionist history. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. You know, a standard topic for us here at the Casuals of Runeterra. <laughs> yeah, specifically, if you listen to the end of Kale's episode, you'll understand what we're about to go into. But first, housekeeping as always. You can listen to us everywhere. Visit us at podcastcore at gmail.com. Uh, oh, wait, no, don't visit us there. That's where you send the email. Visit us at podcastcore.com. That has all of our info. And it's C-O-R, remember. He got there. He got yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, follow us on all the platforms because that helps with discoverability. We appreciate it. And leave a like and comment. We want to hear from you. But word of mouth is the best tool we've had. We don't really have marketing. Uh, so tell a friend, one friend, to rewrite history by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. Yes, because right now our history is mired in just let's not make people look bad. Instead of telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so, story best told in three parts. We start with Abris, who's essentially a green soldier preparing to go to his first major battle. And he's nervous. So he heads to a statue of Kale, which at this point is in, like, town square. And there's a hundred of can like hundreds of candles that are burning in her honor, kind of at the base of this statue. And as he's sitting there, he sees this old illuminator exiting the temple, and he asks her if she has a moment to kind of listen to his concerns. Yeah, and so we, we're clearly, like, closer to present-day Demacia within this story. Um, not quite at present day. Um, so this is... This is the Demacia that we know and love and hate, right? Uh, so the Illuminator is going to be someone that is in high society that also just doesn't, like, you know, that preaches a message that's not kind for everyone, all right? There's there's a big group of magic users that don't like this person. But that, that sets the stage as far as for the society that Kale has helped to create centuries ago. Yeah, and this story overall is very dialogue heavy because what we go into in our second part here is he tells her about his concerns about essentially spilling the blood of barbarians as if them themselves were barbarians. Like, how can they say they're better and more just 
as a as a society if they're doing the same thing that these quote unquote savages are doing. And she begins to tell him the story of a once cruel king of Damasia. So she hops into the story, and it's during a time of famine where essentially what this boils down to is this king decides to cast away the law of the land that applies to all people, that includes himself, and decrees his own word as law. And then he decides the solution to famine is first step, get rid of all the old people. So this story is very ageist. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> so he's like, first, we're going to kill all the old people. Let's start there, and then I'll tell you the rest of my steps. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, here I have a question for you here. Do uh-huh, you uh-huh. think Do you think that Thanos as a character would have been... <laughs> Do you like would he have been received better if he was just snapping old dudes? <laughs> I'm already concerned with how well he was received as a character. <laughs> but yes, with the if, if you're familiar with American politics, our average age is like 60 plus in American politics. I think if Thanos only focused on old people, the general public would oh. Totally been on board. <laughs> that is true. Uh, you, what, like the T-shirts going around? Anyone under eighty for twenty twenty four? But luckily, for the sake of our story, um, I don't think this king is received as well as Thanos. So. No, no, he is not. And there's a specific part, like we said. There's a lot of dialogue here. Um, and it's well-written dialogue as well. Uh, the way this old woman tells a story is very reminiscent of any movie where you see a person go into this kind of monologue uh, as they talk to a younger, you know, green lad. Uh, but the first man in line to be executed via this new law of the king's word uh, gets verbally assaulted by him. And this is what the king says. I'm just going to read this this section. But the king responded... Actually, you know, let's let's do a little. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, get in character, get in character. Can-, <laughs> <laughs> Can you be young again? Can you need muscle back into your broken and sorry limbs? No. Well then, there is no redemption for you. And he motions to the executioner, who raises his blade, and the baker's head rolled on the floor. I am uh, so jealous of the bass in your voice. <laughs> Listen, I try to add more bass and post for you, okay? Like, I'm doing my part. <laughs> God, and I still sound like that? I'm, I have no hope. <laughs> so once this happens, suddenly, head hits the floor and the sky opens and a beam of light appears. Yeah. Uh, so th- as far as this entrance, like this is the kale entrance that like for me, I really like because this is to me, it's that Diablo-esque yeah. angel, right? Like it's uh, it's not an angel that's here to save you at yeah. all. Um, and it's absolutely terrifying. And this this is the kale that we get now, like after her bio, which if you haven't listened to the bio, we get to watch her kind of grow into this. Uh, but yeah, you know, beam of light, giant being holding dual wielding swords with wings of fire. And then like looking at you with eyes of fire, like you have broken the law. Uh, that's, that's an entrance. <laughs> Yeah, and we get a line here where as she enters, all you hear as if over a speaker. Remember, we're in old Damasia. <laughs> so there are no speakers. 
You hear, no kin stands above the statues of the law. Speak thy name and prepare for judgment. And then she declares, you know, this king is not above the law of the people. And she's seen what he's done because she sees all injustice. And um, this and this is great because we do know from her bio that Kale is like Kale and Morgana is the sisters of the yin and yang. And as far as for Kale, she is extremely fervent in her belief of law. Yeah. Like she's very fervent in what she believes is just, and it's black and white as far as what is right and wrong. And uh, so if you're on the receiving end of it, there is no talking out of it. All right. Like it is just like, yeah, speak your name, say your piece. And what I got, I've got other sinners to go punish. All right. So let's make it quick. <laughs> yeah. And this is on purpose. The way the story's told with this king is on purpose because there's a parallel here. Right. So at first, and Hedge kind of mentioned like how she appears, but at first this king kind of keeps that same energy. Like he's defiant. And he even calls her a winged beast and says, like, you have no power here. He does all that shit as she's descending from the sky. And then he even commands his guards to start moving in. And they do, which we'll get into nationalism in a second. But <laughs> then Kale draws her sword, which bursts into flames. Then her wings expand. And you know if you've seen Kale's alt, more wings expand than just two. Mm-hmm. And those burst into flames. And then the king looks into her eyes, which are also on fire. And he's like... You know what? I'm going to do a bit of crying. <laughs> it's time to grovel. <laughs> it's time to grovel. And this takes us to part three. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> as far as like with with the Illuminator telling this story, we do have uh, Abris kind of on the sidelines giving like little bits of commentary here. But like the we're. It really is about the story. I mean, he's just the peanut gallery at this yeah. point of the story. Um, and for good reason, because like once we get to the groveling, I mean, it, it, it goes fast and furious from here. <laughs> yes. So we get a bit of analogy parallel here where he starts to understand Kale's power and he changes his whole attitude and he begins to plead just like the old man did to him. There's your analogy. Mm-hmm. And then Kale verbally lashed him. As he did the old man. Once again, I'll even read. I got it. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't have the base, so I'll be the woman here. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Can you undo your deeds of injustice, King? Can you unspeak your lies and unmake your false laws against fair and righteous judgment? No? Then there will be no redemption for you. <laughs> <laughs> Props to her. Uh, Hell yeah! A show woman in herself. Not just a show woman. I am always a fan for like you know like pettiness used for good. You know, like it. It is definitely petty, but it's not a bad way to be petty, right? She's she's upholding the law here and bringing peace back to this kingdom. So yeah, a little bit of pettiness is great. Put this guy in his own medicine, right? Hell yeah. (laughs) And then she follows up with even some symbolism here, which this kind of reveals and pay attention to how this is being told. Because remember, the uh, the illuminator is the one telling the story. This this, the person telling the story is very important here um, Mm because she serves the temple. So after this lashing, she then impales him through the heart on the ground on top of the law book that he threw on the ground. And he bursts in the flames. And then that flame spreads 
quote unquote, cleansing all of those who sided with him. And this is the part where we talk about revisionism. Because the way the fire is spreading, which we know historically when Kale does this, you don't control fire. It, it's known to be an uncontrollable force, even in the real yep. world. And usually in fiction, they don't reduce the destruction of fire. Fireballs and we and we have we have examples in Runeterra yep. of other powerful magic users being unable to control fire. Yeah. Uh, go listen to our Annie episode if you would like a good example of that. <laughs> we, always with the Annie shout out. We, we're very proud of that episode. <laughs> we're very proud of it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she goes out of her way to name specifically who the fire cleanses, right? Which we know that that's not, fire's indiscriminate. So with those two things, you start to wonder, okay, wait a minute. This story seems very favorable. Yeah, and and we even have like Abris at the beginning, um, like in his own monologue, like remembering his grandmother telling old tales and never being sure if they were true or if they were kind of um stories that she just made up to entertain him. And this kind of plays into that because we even know just from Kale's bio that Kale doesn't control it. And because of the con the absolute chaos that she created, she kind of killed her father yeah like it, you uh, spoiler for you i should probably should have given a warning but hey we hey. did this deep yeah. um <laughs> so we know for a fact that it was 26 all right yeah. you, you, need to, you need to catch up <laughs> <laughs> put on your big boy big girl pants come on it's catch not up. it's not like we're one piece you can do it <laughs> <laughs> um but but we so we know for a fact kale wasn't you know cleansing the kingdom she was just killing this dude and happened to light everything on fire <laughs> but for the sake of but like demacia is a state that is very on top of controlling its citizens yep. so they're never going to tell that part of the story yep control the narrative so at, this brings us to our end here where the old woman then basically follows up with a what would jesus do line and she says that the young man, as he goes into this battle, should Im, uh, imbued the justice that Kale would and ask himself, would Kale do this? And we know asking yourself that question is not enough. So this actually gives him the resolve he needs. And the woman's like, my job here is done. She reenters the temple. And this guy kind of walks away from the statue with his resolve, ready to go to battle um, to die for his country, essentially. And... He looks back to kind of see what he thinks is a gleam in the eye of this statue. Yeah, like, so for him, you know, he gets the courage he needs to give all for country. And then he also, you know, kind of tricks himself into thinking that he is blessed by a higher power. Um, and, you know, we... We we could go into all the examples, uh, real world and fantasy, where this is just not really a great thing. But I've had fun this episode, so let's not make ourselves depressed. Well, well, well. Before that, <laughs> let me let me hold you there. So we're at the end here, and this is something we want to talk, touch on because we talk so much about Damasia, what, what it represents, how the nation's known, and this is important because this briefly we've touched on. Um, concepts of nationalism, but this really solidifies what is known as jingoism um, or aggressive nationalism. And what this does is it's, if you boil it down, it boils down to 
when they do it, it's bad. When we do it, it's justice. Okay. And this story pretty much on the face does that by introducing the soldier who's naturally self-conscious about what he needs to do to serve his role for his country and how he needs to go about doing that. You then have a figure of the church or a representative of that come tell him a very massaged story about the symbol of this nation and why he should embody that. And at the end, you have her walking away knowing her job is done uh, and him walking away with this sense of security in essentially doing the wrong thing um, for the sake of his country, which because of jingoism makes him feel like it's the right thing when he does it uh, because this is what they would do or he, she, whatever the higher power would do that this country represents. So that's a very, I mean, that that's the easy way to pull it. Like Hedge said, we're not going to go super deep into it, but we yeah. want you to understand that about Demacia because this is a reinforcement from its inception to every incident that happens from that point forward because yeah. we, we know what happens in this situation. She essentially restarted Demacia again. She's hitting the restart button over and over again. Each iteration, the loyalty becomes stronger and stronger and stronger to reinforce her goals of quote unquote justice right and and it is an important uh distinction to have there because it does help it will help everyone and anyone who's interested in learning more about the lore of this game that we've all fallen in love with yeah it will help you understand the mind thought the mind processes of each and every demacian character mm -hmm. uh like if we look at one of our m more recent ones like Vane. Vane is a hundred percent certain that she is right with every monster she kills. And that helps her to ignore all of the moral gray areas. Yep. Uh, you know, like the, the, if you haven't listened to the episode, here's your warning, go listen to our story episode <laughs> for Vane. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm not waiting much longer. All right. Um, when in the story where she is, hunted down this beast and has gone to tell the beast spouse that the job is done and it turned the surprise twist it was the spouse all along <laughs> uh, uh, but we know that the spouse she turned her fiance into a monster he had no choice in the matter yeah. he did not know what she was he got turned then he was hunted and killed. So by all accounts, he's an innocent dude. He's a victim. Yeah. Uh, and his life was taken away from him twice, right? Like his human life was taken away from him by his fiance. And then just his mortality is removed by Vane. Like if you kind of focus on that, that's a sucky story for that guy, right? Yeah. Like everything fell to pieces and you can look at the moral gray area of what if he was able, like, if they are incapable of controlling the way that they turn, which we saw with his fiance when he she's hiding the pincers behind her back, trying to sneak get a sneak attack on Vane, they can control it. So, what if he was able to hold on to his humanity and try to find a cure? Like, it's like, okay, well, if there is a way to cure him then we shouldn't kill him right like the mor like the moral Are you good of about rehabilitation you get out of here with that <laughs> get out of here. we don't rehabilitate 
we create repeat offenders. Um, but but yeah, like you know, if there was a way to cure the guy, like that that should be like like the human nature within me at least is like no that's what we should do we should try to find a cure because if he has a chance at life it's not my decision to take that chance from him Vane doesn't have a problem taking that chance from anybody yeah. if she views them as a monster and it's that idea of jingoism that really it's, it's a, a Damasian thing as long as they believe they're in the right nothing they can do is wrong and I mean nothing they can do <laughs> to another human being is wrong and that's Damasia in a nutshell yeah and we we recommend that you go listen to to really see how ingrained no matter no matter how the character veers away from the core of what Damasia is it's still ingrained in them Fiora is a great example of this. She's technically rebellious, but at her core, she's still playing into the trope. When yeah. you look at Quinn, Quinn sometimes gets away as a scout, gets away from the core of what Damasi is, but at her core, there's still a bit yeah. of that. You look uh, at Lux, Jar there's yeah. still a bit of it. Uh, Jarvan brings Jarvan, back Garen, a monster. Like even like, Lucian, who doesn't really grow up in Damasia and is probably the person who gets the furthest away from Damasia. And he's never able to 100% break it. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a very important thing, which is why we constantly bring it up, because we don't want you to forget. <laughs> it's, yeah. When the MMO I mean, comes out, right, if you don't see these elements focused on, the writers have failed. Yes. Uh, and well, and, and not only that, but to a I degree, think, like, still game, still fun. But yeah. We, you know, we, but we it's wanna... important to remember because that is like the most defining yeah, thing exactly. that's Demacian, right? Because like without that, Demacia is really just a a different color coded Noxus. Yep. Um, and blue guy fights like, red guy. Yeah. Like so, you need you need to have something that differentiates them from the other empire of man. Uh, as far as in present day Runeterra, because Shurima is just a desert now, uh, but um, <laughs> but like that's that's what sets them apart is that jingoism because yeah. Noxus doesn't have that like no. they are just power hungry, and if it means that their leader is killed by another power hungry warlord yeah. who's trying to take over, so be it that he's stronger, therefore he should lead us. The Demacia doesn't have that, and that's what sets him apart. So that's why we harp on it so much. And because he's just essentially, see, he's real good at this, this thing he does, this podcasting thing, because he just gave you a trailer for the next episode. So if you can guess what we're talking about next, uh, everything he said is very important. But yeah, for now. yeah, uh, tell us what we're talking about next next at Podcast Core. Uh, or yeah, podcastcore.gmail.com. If, if you can guess, we will give you an internet cookie. <laughs> Enable cookies, please. Yeah, one of those thumbs ups or one of those hearts. Okay, that's all we can do right now. We don't have money. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back yeah. soon with the next episode. Yeah, take care, everybody. <laughs>